1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Shabana Hearn and leading guests from the world of women's football.
3: Cuts back onto her right foot um. and finds the net! On
2: Talk 2. TalkSport 2.
4: Good evening, how are you? Welcome along to Women's Football Weekly. More trouble for Gareth Taylor as Manchester City succumb to a third defeat of the season.
5: Mistake by Hasigawa is in, and that is that.
4: Arsenal hold on to top spot with another emphatic victory. Not the greatest from Hannah Hampton. Is this going to mean a third? It is.
2: It is absolutely spectacular. They can't believe it. Katie
4: McCabe. What a sensational goal that was. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. My name's Siobhan, in for and others. And uh, we're also going to be covering more today coming out of the US after a harrowing story broke this week.
1: You kind of end up protecting behavior that quite frankly shouldn't be protected.
4: It's all on the wee on Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Two.
5: Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others.
4: I'm Mary You're listening to
3: Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Two.
4: How are you? Hope you're having a good Monday. My name's Shaban, in for Faye Carruthers for the next wee while. Of course, she's going off to have her baby. Uh, All well in that camp at the moment. We believe she's not in labour at the moment, but we'll keep you posted on that as and when it happens. Uh, I'm joking, Faye. You'll be the first to tell everyone when you've had your baby. It won't be here on Women's Football Weekly. Uh, Hope you've had a good one. A huge weekend in the Women's Super League. Arsenal laying down another marker for their title credentials. What a fantastic game. Chelsea pushing through against Brighton and Manchester City losing again. I did not see that one coming this weekend as we were looking forward to that game uh, against West Ham. I was previewing uh, that game actually and I thought if... Ollie Harder's side can take a point from that game Uh, that would be a huge point for them because they've had a really solid start to the season Um, but 2-0 West Ham beating Manchester City I must say the pressure has to be on um, Mr Uh, Gareth Taylor Uh, we'll speak about that very very soon but let's hear some highlights of the weekend lovely take from Little allowed to turn it's Little and it's there
0: Kim Little
1: Start. With a player like him, she, she does so much. Uh, some of the things that you see and some of the things that, that you don't see. It's a player that we talk about maybe shooting a little bit more than she has done and I think she did that brilliantly today. And uh, sometimes it goes directly and sometimes it needs a deflection, but it, uh, it starts with a shot. Let's throw. Very harder to uh,
2: Frank Kirby. This is right and we're trying to
1: take a touch and
2: then finds the finish and Chelsea's early pressure is rewarded Wheelan and done well to turn and finds Danielle Carter does even better there to find the finish and Brighton back in it just a couple of minutes into this second half that really could be a game changer
5: I think Brighton will take points off the top teams this year I really do I think they've gone up another level from last year I don't think we started the second half brightly I thought we were still in the change of them that cost us with a cheap goal but our game management, the impact from the bench, I think, is the reason you know why we're winners today. Here is Hasegawa, has time to pick the cross into the area, picks up British they've done it. West Ham United score just before the break against Manchester City, and it's British Mistake by Stokes, Hasigawa is in, and that is that.
4: There you go A roundup of what happened In the Women's Super League Over the weekend A bit of a shocker For us all Joining me now Our producer of the show Flo How are you Flo? You having a good evening? Yeah good Good it's, um, it's, What a weekend I know I know And it was It was one of those ones Where I think once again, we're at that point where we're going, we don't know who will be competing for top four this season. You know, last season it was wrapped up pretty early. We knew what was happening. But I think Spurs and West Ham and Aston Villa even, you know, the the difference they've had at their start of the season compared to where they were at the end of last season is just such a turnaround.
3: Yeah, I think we we've always talked about this middle group and how mm. they're going to push push the top teams in the WSL and this has kind of been the season that's proved it really and we've also seen Reading that's always traditionally been a team trying to push into the top four and push the top three really really full so far they're yet to pick up a point alongside Birmingham and Leicester as well all struggling so it's been it's been really interesting to see the likes of Brighton, Villa Mm. uh, really really pushing well and Spurs especially
4: and just really really impressive well it was a great start for spurs of course beating manchester city just a few weeks ago and one of their opening games uh that ended 2-1 didn't it or 3-1 was it um but anyway they got the win and it was a massive three points almost gifted to them by manchester city and then what happened with west ham and manchester city uh, of course last night was an absolute shocker i don't think many of us seen that coming now let's get into manchester city because obviously there's some problems there right now with injuries um, but can Gareth actually look at his squad and say my squad isn't good enough with the people who are off of course he's missing Lucy Bronze uh, their captain Steph Houghton their number one goalie Ellie Roebuck as well and then there's question marks over Vicky Lossada, uh and her, and her um, injury issues as well however he's got a strong side without those women do you agree? I think so
3: I think there is a bit of a lack of depth Um, compared to Chelsea and Arsenal for sure Mm. Um, and I think there is it seems a reluctance to play academy players to play younger players Ruby Mace who they brought in from Arsenal in the summer she's yet to start a league game she didn't play yesterday Jill Mm. Scott again started at centre-back it seems intriguing and bizarre to me that a player with loads of potential played at centre-back last season for Birmingham City obviously is comfortable in that role isn't playing there and Jill Scott who's never played there before Mm -hmm. played there midweek with some success against a poor Leicester side is chucked in at the deep end Um, and um, credit to West Ham for hassling for pressing and for getting a result Um, and I I just don't really know where Manchester City go from here really because I imagine the mood in the camp must be pretty tough especially when you've got some real leaders like Steph Horton like Mm -hmm. Lucy Bronze unavailable and, Mm -hmm. and sitting on the
4: sidelines absolutely and you mentioned Ruby Mace there as well We were really hoping to see you know, her debut for the club as well And she did have a strong season Bear in mind she's only young She was between Arsenal and Birmingham uh, last season And she definitely saved the day uh, for Birmingham Towards the end of last season And saved them from relegation So we know that she can provide goals when, when needed And she can perform well under pressure Why is she not getting a start? Why sign her?
3: I don't know. I don't know. I think I think like I said I think there is really a reluctance to play with the younger players. I think Gareth Taylor's looking for experience. He's looking for the characters he's mentioned to get them out of this tough tough situation, but yeah. at the same time you've got to work with what, what you have at your disposal. And with so many injury issues, you kind of think, well, why don't you play a player that's comfortable there? Alana Kennedy yeah. has had two games at centre-back for Manchester City where she started and she struggled in both of them. Um, and I, that one of them was against Arsenal, one of them was against the Spurs. And I feel like if that's not worked, if you've gone with experience in Alana Kennedy and that's not worked, you know, why not? go with another throw of the dice and try something else and Mm. I think it must be frustrating as well if you're Ruby Mace Mm. to know that while everyone's injured and I'm still not getting onto the pitch it must be frustrating.
4: Absolutely and uh, you look at their last season as well, I think we tend to forget that it was only in the final few games of the league that Manchester City come in in second place and Chelsea took the lead. They were strong contenders starting the league campaign this way this time round isn't, isn't good for them at all do you think he'll be under pressure? I think so,
3: yeah, I think so. I mean... They're effectively already at the title race, let's be honest. I mean, it would take a lot for Chelsea and Arsenal to lose a couple of times. I mm. think I can see Arsenal losing once this season, perhaps when they play that return fixture against Chelsea. Maybe Chelsea will lose twice this season, but I don't see either of those teams losing more than twice this season, no way. So they would have to then drop a lot of points elsewhere in draws or or, or defeats or surprise defeats anyway. So I'd be really surprised if City can make up any any of that ground. And also, they also now need to worry if they're even going to qualify the
4: Champions League. Absolutely. And looking ahead to this weekend as well, Saturday the 9th of of October, it's the, the, the derby, you know, against United. United looking pretty strong as well uh, under Mark Skinner and had a very good win over the weekend over Birmingham. I thought, it would have been an easier win for Manchester United. Birmingham defended very well. But how do you predict the next fixtures going for Manchester City? They've got United, then it's Everton, then it's Chelsea. I mean, can they take three points from any of these games?
3: I think the Manchester derby is going to be a really interesting one. I think if Man United can beat a weakened and fragile city they can really put down a marker to try and get that third champions league spot and manchester city will seriously be in trouble then and can perhaps kiss their champions league chances goodbye if if united beat them next weekend because i think manchester united have already shown that they might struggle against the best teams in the league that that result against chelsea was obviously pretty pretty crushing mm. but city are hurting and that that's not just kind of mo- like in terms of morale physically they they haven't got a lot of strong players at the moment. So this is a perfect opportunity for Manchester United to lay down a marker. And I don't think they've ever... Beating them in the league. They've certainly drawn against
4: them, but I don't think they've ever beaten them against them in the league. So, uh, Manchester United beating them on Saturday would be huge. Yeah, it would be. Talking about the Champions League as well. You look at Vicky Losada, who's come in over the summer from Barcelona, Champions League winner for Barcelona last season, not to be competing because they're already out. And then the chances of maybe not be competing in the Champions League next season is got a heart for a player like her as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. And and she was very emotional when she left Barcelona and mm. she obviously left them on a high, having just won the Champions League. And uh, to not even be in the group stages this season. Uh, and Bunny Shaw as well, obviously coming over. And I'm sure Gareth Taylor in Manchester City really sort of persuaded her to come over with big ambitions to win lots of trophies and play in Europe. And for those new players that have joined, to know that you're joining and not going to be playing in Europe must be really frustrating.
4: Yeah, and we did see, real, we are seeing, you know, huge talent from the likes of Bunny Shaw as well. She's got a hat-trick in uh, the cup game in the week. So... She is looking positive, positive up front. However, she needs that service from the midfield as well, doesn't she, for things to just really tick over. Um, okay, so the pressure is on Manchester City. We heard from head coach Gareth Taylor. He said the result was a tough one to take.
2: Yeah, not great, if I'm honest. I think, you know, we dominated completely the first half. Uh, numerous chances, numerous opportunities. And like I just said to the players then, you know, we're in a tough moment. We're really in a, really in a tough moment at the moment. And uh, it will get better. It will get better. It's just, you know, we have to take responsibility. We have to finish our chances off. And if we can't finish our chances off, we can give away one chance even. And we gave away one chance in the first half and, and they score from it. So it makes your job obviously really difficult then.
4: Big loss for Gareth Taylor's Manchester City at the weekend against the Hammers. Let's hear from the winning camp now. Lisa Evans, she's currently out with an injury, but enjoyed yesterday's win all the same rode our luck a bit but absolutely buzzing to have beat them and obviously just probably a good time to play them as well we know they're not not full of confidence
2: and struggling a bit with results and even just with keeping players on the pitch so obviously a good time to play them and absolutely buzzing with the result I think the girls have put in a lot of work and defended well and yeah buzzing
4: Lisa Evans there from West Ham she's hoping to return after the international break currently suffering from an Achilles injury and West Ham sitting fifth in the table Manchester City in ninth. honestly didn't think I'd see the day this was happening so soon uh, and so early in the league but there you have it you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2 my name's Shabana Hearn in for fake and others coming up we're going to talk about Arsenal's big win at Villa Park and wrap up the rest of the WSL How are you? Hope you're having a good Monday evening. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only national radio show dedicated to women's football. My name is Shabana Hearn. Hope you're having a good Monday evening. And don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again to our podcast, it's available on the TalkSport app. So just download that right now. Why not? Uh, And Arsenal, what another weekend they've had. They remain top, going nine games in nine, unbeaten under Jonas Edeval uh, Flo Lloyd-Hughes, a producer of the show with me as well this evening Flo, there's something about Arsenal this time round you've seen a couple of their games since we come back this season there's a little bit of a spring in their step the the strength and depth of that squad and the fact that he's rotating his players just the way he wants to with a smile on his face, there's there's like something going on there at the moment. They're looking good. Yeah, it's funny as well because I was at the Leicester Spurs game yesterday, but actually
3: I couldn't help but think about the Arsenal game while I was sitting in the stands because I actually think it's it's really interesting how the narrative of a season can flip so quickly, or the narrative of the WSL can flip so quickly because last season with all the recruitment that Chelsea did with how good that Chelsea front three was, the Kerr and Kirby combination, all we were talking about is... How much can this Hayes Chelsea side win? Mm. You know, when are they going to win the Champions League? Not if they're going to win the Champions League, and now that whole narrative has just completely flipped. Mm. And now it's all how many trophies are Arsenal going to win this season? Can they beat Barcelona in the Champions League? We're going to touch on that later. But you know what? What are they going to lose this season? And it's I find it just incredible how with a new manager as well, that quickly, with with the recruitment that they've done, that it's just clicking and gelling so well. I mean, Mana and Obuchi and Turban Heath, it's like they've been playing together for years. It's just the connection and Kim
4: Little you know, in her absolute element. It's just so Mm. impressive. Mm, Absolutely. Mana Abubuchi has to be that player who is just an absolute treat for everybody to watch. A really special player, Japanese international. She played with Viviana Miedema at Bayern Munich a few seasons ago. And uh, I was actually speaking to Viviana Miedema I think it was in the summer and she was saying that she really wanted Mana to come in because she knows that the link up that they can do and the type of player that she is, she can change the game. And sure enough, she did that on Saturday, didn't she? Because it was uh, Villa hosting Arsenal at Villa Park. The first half, Flo, I know you weren't at that game. I watched it on the telly. It was it was incredible. I actually thought, okay, if this goes this way, Villa will take a point from this fixture, which did not seem possible. They they defended so well in that first half. Uh, What happened then at halftime was Mana came on, you know, and the game just changed. You know, she creates so much play. She's such a stunning little player. Yeah,
3: and credit to Villa. They defended really well in that first half and I, I, like you, I thought they might snatch a point in really bad conditions. I mean, it was really, really hard to play a lot of that match in the way that they did, but yeah, it just felt like Kind of little and Iwabuchi sort of release the shackles a little bit, and then obviously once a couple of goals come, it go in. It's so hard to defend, and heads are down, and you're kind of like, well, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't hold out any longer because the quality is that good. Yeah. Um, so you know, credit for to Villa for giving it a really good go of trying to snatch a point, but Arsenal, you just don't see many teams being able to stop them this season. It would
4: have been crazy if they had stopped them this yeah, season, especially exactly. Villa. But like that, that first half, but his bench was sitting there waiting to change the game and Mana absolutely did that Um, Talking about the goals as well Kim Little got another brace from her She's really sprung into form I know she had some injury problems last season as well but something about her under Jonas possibly uh, really changing her state of mind and the way she is playing She looks hungrier than ever Um, and she's had the most minutes under Jonas Ederval as well What does that say about how he sees her as a player?
3: Yeah, I think I think he's putting a lot of responsibility on her, uh, her as well. I mean, she she's been wearing the captain's armband this season. Um she seems to be really enjoying that role as a leader. Um and you know, penalty responsibilities as well. Um she's yeah, she's in her element and it's it's funny how I think maybe even announcing her retirement for international football is almost like a weight has been lifted off her. I don't know, but she does seem like a new player and I guess for her it's all going to be about keeping fit. Mm. And that's the same for a lot of Arsenal players. I mean, Arsenal fans are joking at the moment about how sort of ridiculous it is that they're managing to keep so many of their players fit because the narrative always around Arsenal is injuries, injuries, but everyone seems to be fit and healthy at the moment. So as long as that continues, then they just seem like an unstoppable force.
4: Yeah, and um, Villa as well, Endo, I thought had a fabulous game you know defended well like we say that first half of course then conceding four goals in the second half it doesn't look like it was the best game but she had a really good personal performance as did in the first half Hannah Hampton Aston Villa's goalkeeper we've been hearing a lot about her over the last um, couple of seasons now only young I think I heard Flo now don't quote me on it that she was wanted by about eight clubs in the women's Super League Um, so you know a lot of people do have eyes on her and she is a talent and she's making some incredible saves but she is only young, we have to we have to think about it like that. But you do see then the shoulders drop and the head go down after the first goal goes in, then the second goal goes in. How does she keep her momentum going forward and, you know, keep her chin up at four games like that? Because when they start to win and the mood starts to drop, you know, it doesn't reflect very well on the team. No, definitely. And I think
3: she has actually struggled to settle since moving to Villa because she was brilliant at Birmingham under Carla Ward. And it's no surprises that Carla wanted to bring her over to Aston Villa. I mean, why would you not? She's such an exciting talent. She's a brilliant shot stopper. But I think she did struggle to bed in in those first couple of games. She made a couple of mistakes uh, against West Ham and I think in the Brighton game as well. Um, But she did look more comfortable on Saturday, bar that. Sort of short, bad clearance to Kate McCabe that then set up her ridiculous 40 yard lob. But I think, you know, Hannah Hampton's only going to grow really. And and she's so young in goalkeeper terms as well. Like you said, she's still got so much football ahead of her. She's going to improve. She's going to get better. I think it's just confidence, isn't it? It's just confidence and mindset. And it will probably help her this season being in a Villa side that's already started the season fairly well Mm. and winning games. Because obviously, she was part of a Birmingham side that it was just backs against the wall 24 7. And that must be really demoralising.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Aston Villa up against Reading uh, this Sunday. That'll be an interesting game. Do you think Villa can take three points there?
3: I really do, yeah. I think Reading are struggling defensively. I, I think their recruitment um up top hasn't been terribly uh, terrible. Sorry, I think I like Tash Dowie, I like Justine yeah. Van Havermer. Um I think Deanne Rose is a brilliant talent. So I think they'll get goals this season, or they should eventually start getting goals this season, but defensively they're gonna really struggle. So I think Villa will have eyes on that
4: as a definite three points target. Absolutely. And then Reading will have eyes on Villa for going right, This is our time, you know, to take points from this game. Um like you say, they've got proven goal scorers that team it's just not happening yet um, let's look then at Chelsea's game at the weekend as well that was on Saturday 3-1 uh, over Brighton we could have predicted this I think it feels like Emma Hayes' side uh, have really turned a corner from their opening game against Arsenal she did not like that Um and you can tell that they're on one now um, and scoring lots of goals uh, as it goes as well and a hat-trick of assists for Fran Kirby again unstoppable this season
3: yeah and the, and the you know we could talk all day about the combination of Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby. They're just an unbelievable partnership. Um, and the form that they're in, there aren't many combinations like it. And that's probably heartening for Emma Hayes to know that even though Arsenal are taking this advantage, having beaten them and stretching a bit of a lead at the top, mm. she'll know and be confident that come that return fixture at Kings Meadow, she's got the best strike partnership in, you know, European women's football, maybe world, Euro- world women's football right now. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be tough to contain.
4: Absolutely, looking at her bench as well. There's strength there. Somebody I want to see now is Lauren James. What's the update on her? Do we know what's going on with her injuries? I think
3: the latest, uh, uh, Emma Hayes sort of a couple of weeks ago was asked about in a press conference and she just said that, that she wasn't ready. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a physical fitness thing or, or what. I mean, Casey Stoney was very protective of Lauren James during her time at Manchester United and there was a case where I think she was being rushed back from injuries too quickly and mm-hmm. then was becoming unfit again quite quickly because they weren't being patient with her recovery so I feel like there's a real cautious approach that managers are wanting to take to her because they know she's a young exciting talent but they want to make sure that she's not going to spend too much of her career on the sidelines so I think they're just being overly cautious, cautious being really careful in order to maybe have her sustain a bit of form throughout the season.
4: I want to see her now though I have got know I know, patience, I know. So. and especially oh, with already. Champions
3: League games midweek you feel like it's a perfect time.
4: Absolutely um, i other fixtures from the weekend Manchester United 2-0 over Birmingham. Birmingham really struggling this season under Scott Booth Uh, we know they've got the problems there at the club um, and I must say they defended well last night I thought it would have been more of a whooping than what it was. Everton uh, 3-0 over Reading like we say Reading uh, struggling to find points so far this season that's the second one in the bounds for Willie Kirk's side after an expensive transfer window maybe now that's starting to pay off and uh, Tottenham Leicester as well. Flo you were at that game just quickly. um, Tottenham you're happy with them this season they're looking really good
3: yeah, um I've been really impressed. I think there's a there's a confidence that they didn't have last season. I would say they're still lacking a consistent finisher. I think Rachel Williams
1: Great. looks yes, to be in really yeah. good
3: form and has shaved years off her of her career. I mean she feels like a player reborn at the mm-hmm. moment. Um but I would be a little bit worried about the fact that they're getting, you know, over twenty shots in several matches now and only scoring one or two goals. It's a little bit concerning. Um but I mean it sounds really cliche and, and simple, but you just gotta win the games that you can you can really yeah. and that's what Spurs are doing you obviously the Man City game was a huge result but you've just got to win against the teams that you have a good chance of winning against and they're mastering that and that's the main thing. I think Clare as well who signed for in the summer has been a brilliant signing for them.
4: And it's a shame actually for Leicester City because they are really investing in that squad uh, and the news obviously announced over the weekend that Leicester women have appointed ex-England striker Emil Heskey as their head of women's football development at the club which is just a huge statement for women's football in itself. He has been part uh, of the coaching staff as we know for uh, a couple of seasons now but him taking on this role uh, the investment that's going into the club it will come for Leicester I think so and also
3: I and you know, I feel really strongly that you want to see investments mm. like that rewarded because it's not going to encourage other big men's clubs to support and invest in their women's team if they see what Leicester are doing and Leicester can't sustain it in the WSL because they're going to think oh well what's the point because we're never going to be able to compete with Arsenal, Manchester United, Man City, Chelsea, whatever so I really really want Leicester City to be rewarded for, for their investment and their support of their women's team and the setup that they've got there is brilliant I mean I, it was the first time being at the King Power in about 10 Years or so, and they had over 2,000 people at a game where the men's team were playing at exactly the same time. Brilliant crowd, brilliant atmosphere. They had a massive montage all about the women's team on before the match. Yeah. Like it felt like a women's game at the stadium. And I feel like you know, you want to see that kind of commitment rewarded. You don't want to see people get relegated when they're
4: obviously supporting their team. Absolutely, and perhaps you know, if they continue on this bad run of form, maybe we'll see changes come Christmas time with the manager Jonathan Morgan maybe he's not quite at that level that he needs to be at to be in the Women's Super League uh, but we'll keep across that as well and hopefully Leicester can turn things around now let's look ahead to next weekend's Women's Super League fixtures with Now TV
2: Women's Football Weekly Preview on Talksport 2 with a Now Sports membership stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just 9 99 search Now Sports 18 plus stream via internet terms apply
4: so this weekend you've got Chelsea against Leicester City. Half past 12 kickoff. That's on Sunday. Predictions for that one. I'm going to say it's going to be Chelsea. And also we've got Arsenal versus Everton as well. 3pm kickoff, also on Sunday. Faye, how do you think that one will go? Could could Everton steal a point from Arsenal or are they going to go 10 games unbeaten? I think it'll be interesting. I think Everton look a lot better. They do look a lot better.
3: Yeah. Um, and I, I would be intrigued to see how Arsenal match up against them because I think Arsenal will be full of beans um, and they, they if they get a good result against um, Barcelona oh, so. tomorrow night then they'll be flying even higher so it'll be really interesting to see how they do against an Everton side on, on the up,
2: on
4: the growth but I still think Arsenal are just too good mm. That was a look ahead to this weekend's Women's Super League action with Now
2: Women's Football Weekly Preview on Talk Sport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just £9.99. Search Now Sports, 18 plus, stream via internet, terms apply.
4: And don't forget, with a Now Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League, including Chelsea, Leicester City and Arsenal v Everton, live this weekend on Sky Sports without a contract. Search Now Sports. There will also be live WSL commentary across the WSL network this week as well with Manchester United against Manchester City. Big Derby game, that's going to be brilliant. That's on Saturday and Arsenal against Everton this Sunday. Is Shaban with you here. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. And coming up next, we're going to look ahead to the Champions League clashes coming up tomorrow.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves.
4: Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Hope you're having a lovely Monday evening. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2. My name's Shabana here and in for fake and others. Of course, she's gone off to have a baby uh, and we'll be back with you, I think, in a couple of months. I might be looking after the baby, actually, for then. Um By the way, anybody stressing out the fact that WhatsApp and Instagram are currently down? That's how much I realise I'm addicted to the app. Like, when they go down for a matter of hours, I'm like, Help! Somebody help. I cannot deal with that. Anyway, hopefully that'll be back up and running soon. Uh, Flo Lloyd-Hughes with me as well this evening. And we're going to look at the championship results as well from the weekend. Watford against Charlton. Watford, the only team without a point from the first five games. Charlton going top. Um... Looking strong this season, Charlton. Also Durham 2 and lose nil. Blackburn Rovers, uh, London City Lionesses winning 2-1 in that game. It was nil nil. Crystal Palace against Sheffield United. Uh, it was 2-0 Liverpool against Coventry and 2-1 Bristol City against Sunderland. Um, Flo, did you get to see any of the championship games over the weekend? Uh, I've caught a couple of highlights on
3: the FA player um, and yeah, Charlton doing really well under Karen Hills. It's been a really good season for them. I would say Matt Beard, has bounced back well with Liverpool. Um they lost their first game of the season, which was a bit of a shock, mm. but they they pushed a little bit since then. I think they've won two of their open or three of their five games so far this season. They're currently third in the table and it's probably going to be well realistically you would think it was going to be a bit of a three horse race between Sheffield United, Durham and Liverpool but somehow Charlton have kind of come out of nowhere uh, and put their hat in a ring for promotion. And this, The first season is a full time professional side so it's also another one I guess a bit like Leicester yeah. it's good to see that investment rewarded with them really pushing some of the bigger names down there.
4: Absolutely. Matt Beard as you mentioned they're turning things around now at Liverpool. Um, interesting to see him now in the championship again and things changing there with the structure at, at Liverpool as well. It was announced over the weekend that Ross is now coming in as managing director of the, of the club as well. And Like you say that investment coming in that we're talking about and when they really put into that hopefully we'll see that turn round uh, in the game as well. Now tomorrow night is a huge night uh, for Arsenal women who we've been talking about already and also for Chelsea women uh, because they get their Champions League group stage campaigns underway tomorrow. Uh, both with tough opening games as well Arsenal taking on the Champions League current holders at the moment Barcelona uh, tomorrow night in Barca that's going to be at 8 o'clock and Chelsea taking on Wolfsburg as well tomorrow night at 8 o'clock um, the focus here being on Arsenal can they beat the Champions Flow? what do you think about that one? I don't know it's been a kind of
3: debate oh, in the women's football world for the past week about whether Arsenal are going to be able to compete with with Barcelona um, and I think there's been a lot of conversation about how good the Spanish league is because obviously we do have a bit of English arrogance where we would probably say, oh, the WSL is the best women's football league in the world. And and I'm sure NWSL would like to claim that it's the best women's football league in the world. But mm. I, I, I have to be honest, I don't watch a lot of Spanish women's football. But for those that do watch a lot more than me, they would certainly say that they feel like... Um, the Spanish Women's Football League is very competitive and Barca are just that good. They're a level above a lot of good teams... And I feel like tomorrow night is going to be the real test of that. I think we're really going to find out just how good this Arsenal team are and just how good this Barcelona t- team are this season. And it's going to be a
4: brilliant game. I think you're absolutely right. And it's one of those things, Flo, where you can't help but look back. I mean, you look back to the final uh, last season with Chelsea in Gothenburg. It, if There were three goals up within inside the first half. I mean, I did not see that coming because we look at Chelsea and the run that they'd been on, you know, unbeaten only in one game by Brighton which was you know a huge upset but to see them go into the Champions League final uh, and get beaten so badly on such a platform was a surprise. Barcelona have the power to do that they've got such a strong squad of world-class players. Uh, Arsenal will meet their match tomorrow night considering they've had such a strong start to the league.
3: Yeah, and I think um Arsenal will have to probably take a very different approach to how they have for a lot of games this season because I think they'll have to perhaps be a little bit smarter, take fewer risks than they have this season because they could find themselves without a lot of the ball. Um, And Yonise Deval has, has allowed them to do that this season with creating a bit more of a direct approach where they don't necessarily always need to be in possession I think that's going to be really important tomorrow night because Barcelona are probably going to want to have a lot of the ball Mm -hmm. and Arsenal are going to have to be switched on to make sure that they don't make mistakes because any mistake is going to be pounced on
4: Absolutely and it's starting a living as well I mean it's out of question at the moment because we haven't seen the same team line up week in week out you know we haven't seen that in the nine games that they've played Um, so it'll be interesting to see who'll start and who'll be coming on on, maybe a man at a half time to change the game depending on how it's going uh, but Jonase Deval is in Barcelona now in his pre-match press conference earlier today he said it's a very good football team uh, but they are also beatable it's eleven humans against eleven humans tomorrow in Sweden we say it's a shovel, is a shovel. Uh, a game of football is a game of football. So that's his thoughts on tomorrow night's game against Champions League winners, Barcelona. And all the games, by the way, uh, are available for you to watch on zone's YouTube channel and they're free as well. So that's Barcelona against Arsenal tomorrow night at Tuesday, um, sorry, yeah, Tuesday at eight o'clock and also Chelsea against Wolfsburg as well. Chelsea, Wolfsburg, do you think they can suffer an upset from this one, Flo, or do you think they've got this one down?
3: I think they'll be all right, I and mean, we know that Wolfsburg pushed Chelsea right to the wire last season in that quarterfinal, um, and it was really, really difficult for them. But I think Chelsea have learned a lot. I don't think Wolfsburg are the team that they used to, they used to be, and, and the, the banana skin that they used to be for Chelsea. I think I think Chelsea will be will will top that group, um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how um, Wolfsburg and Juve maybe try and push Chelsea for for that top spot.
4: And looking ahead to Arsenal's game tomorrow, we've been speaking to Beth Mead, Arsenal winger, who's gone under a bit of a rebirth at the moment underneath Jonas Edeval. Um, and she's been speaking to us about how she's bounced back in style after losing out on a Team GB spot.
2: Yeah, obviously, really um, pleased with my start to the season. I think, you know, with the disappointment of not going away to Team GB in the Olympics in the summer, was a tough one to take but I think you know I've got my head down in pre-season I've worked hard and I think playing the way I am at the moment is probably the best reaction that I can give to obviously the new England manager and obviously my new manager at Arsenal so yeah I'm really pleased about that obviously a great start from the team also which also helps me individually but yeah really enjoying my football right now and yeah, just keen to, you know, keep keep that form, keep consistency and keep pushing on. Yeah, Tobin's a great addition to the team, you know. Um, she's someone who I've looked up to as a winger for a long time at the US and one of the players that I think have always stood out. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy to be one of her teammates and, you yeah, know, learning from her day to day. I think, you know, she's very chill generally, but, you know, she brings on the pitch that little bit of fire and that little bit of, you know, class. And yeah, hopefully myself and a lot of the girls can learn from her.
4: Arsenal winger Beth Mead there speaking to us about the the transformation that she's having that's the only word we can really describe it as because I remember seeing so many of the games last season and and Beth just not being on form and spending some time on the bench as well and just not our best under Joe Montemuro you look at her under Jonas Edoval the change in play that she's had as well and how strong she's looking and how happy she is and how things have changed almost what seems like overnight for her it's amazing how that can happen in football so quickly Yeah, the transformation's been incredible Um, and I think a lot of
3: people were a little bit surprised when she didn't make it into the England team and then even more so when she didn't make it into the Team GB squad, although it was a very small squad, just 18 players um, and then a few kind of additional reserves so to then sort of take that and use that as a motivation and also the addition of Tobin Heath into that squad to basically say no now I'm going to put down a marker and I'm going to be almost irreplaceable in the starting 11 I think Mm. is really impressive Um, and she's kind of elevated her game when perhaps some people would have been thinking oh you know is it time for Beth Mead to move away from Arsenal and get a fresh start elsewhere she's kind of yeah made herself irreplaceable in many ways.
4: Yeah, and you look back to when she first started com- coming through as a young player as well and, you know, she was that name that we all looked at. Beth Mead was the first of, um, you know, many players in the Women's Super League who were seen as the, the kind of homegrown talent coming through. Um, and then when things start to go downhill, you think, is that is that the end for her? Is that the way our careers you know, panning out and she's really changed that she's changed that for everybody uh, it's amazing to see, uh, she seems in a very happy place, I know she's got some things going on um, in her personal life at the moment with her family, but she is focused on her football and I guess as she said there in that clip that we heard from her, she bases that on the team around her as well, she seems in a very very strong place, so fingers crossed for Beth made at the most assist at the moment in the, the Women's Super League as well, she seems to be on flames and a few goals as well you look back to that opening game of the season against Chelsea and those Goals that she put in, albeit one of them offside. We won't go back over that ground. Emma he's will start crying. Um, but you know, when you look at her in that in the, in that game, she was a world class player that day, and it was just really really refreshing to see her in that mode.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, she was unplayable that day, um, and I think some people weren't sure if if Arsenal were going to be ready yet to compete with the likes of Chelsea. Um, so early in the season but they really laid down a marker that day and Beth Mead was a massive part of that.
4: Yeah, fingers crossed for her. moving forward in the Women's Super League uh, for Arsenal again this season. And, season and Arsenal taking on Barcelona tomorrow night in the group stage of the Champions League. Now we've also heard some uh, developments this afternoon from UEFA's statement on the biennial World Cups that have been spoken about. The proposed plans by FIFA to stage both the men and women's World Cup tournaments every two years uh, will have profoundly detrimental sporting economic make societal and many other impacts that will fundamentally after the course uh, of development of the women's game will cause some problems. Looking at this uh, flow there was like they say the chat for it happening every two years for the men and the women but the the point is that in this statement is they all need to sit together before they can make uh, these things come together Um, the fast paced nature of the so far very selective consultation process and an all but agreed proposals have not allowed a careful reflection on what is in the best interests of the future development of women's football or adequately assess the possible irreversible consequences such a change might entail. I don't know who wrote that but somebody with a very big vocabulary. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly and talk TalkSport2. Shabam with you here. Coming up next we're going to be discussing the huge story in the US in the women's football world this week. How are you doing? I hope you're having a lovely Monday evening. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. It's lovely being with you this evening. My name's Shabana here, and I hope you're having a good one. Um, OK, so bad news. Coming out of the world of football for women this week on Thursday, a huge story was broken by The Athletic detailing allegations of sexual misconduct and abuse from one of the top coaches in America's National Women's Soccer League. The incredible piece by Meg Linen. And Katie Strang detailed experiences of Sinead Farrelly and Manishim, who had both been coached by Paul Riley at the Portland Thorns. Now, the story shocked and disgusted many of us and the women's football community and sparked an outpouring of support from top players, including Megan Rapineau and Nadia Needham. Now, joining us now live to talk about this is Steph Young from The Athletic. Good evening, Steph. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thank you for coming on to talk to us about this because uh, it's just sad to see. it's another grim finding from the world of women in sports, Steph.
0: Yeah, extremely grim, particularly this season within NWSL as this is not the first coach to have been alleged to have abused players and to have been you know, sacked for for investigative findings.
4: Mm-hmm. What's the latest now, um, Steph? Because there was reports over the weekend, of course, that some of the games were going to be cancelled and a lot of the, the games at the we weekend were postponed. But where does it sit now, the league?
0: Well, the league announced they're going to create a committee to oversee the league going forward. So that's going to be former NWSL president Amanda Duffy, who actually was president during some of these coaches' tenures. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas City co-owner Angie Long and O.L. Lorraine's NWSL board rep Sophie Savage. Um, There's going to be some investigations and it was retained a lawyer, Amanda Kramer, who you might recognize her name from Mm -hmm. news stories about her declining to prosecute Jeffrey Epstein Um, and US soccer, I believe, has also retained a lawyer, Sally Yates who um, you might have heard her name as well when she declined to enforce President Trump's Muslim ban earlier, several years ago. Mm. So there's multiple investigations going on here. Canada Soccer has released a statement. Portland Thorns owner Merritt Paulson has released a statement. It's a lot of statements, and Mm. we are opening investigations at the moment.
4: Steph, you say there's multiple investigations then going on. Are are we worried that this is the tip of the iceberg? Are there going to be a lot more um, allegations and stories coming out from players within this league? I'm not
0: positive. I think that perhaps there might be, because as we saw, there were so many bad actors. um, Richie Burke, for example, at the Washington Spirit, who was also recently fired after an investigation, um, that you know it, it does seem like it's a systemic cultural issue I don't necessarily know if there's going to be further allegations of abuse as severe as what we heard with the North Carolina Courage but I certainly wouldn't be surprised which is a very sad thing to say but it's mm. kind of the cultural state of not just women's soccer but you know sport at the moment
4: yeah you're right it's sport is a, a movement Is is one of those things now that if it's happened once it's probably happened um Many more times, which is sad to say. Um, and listen, it's taken over here, uh, Steph, as well. Uh, lots of women in football and fans been reacting to this news. Uh, and also the Chelsea boss here, Emma Hayes, was asked about the news after her side's game yesterday. And this is what she had to say about this.
5: There's no point in me saying it's been a crap week for women. It feels like it's always a crap week for women. Um, and the, I want my son to grow up knowing that uh, he's to respect women and that he's to understand that when a woman says no, she means no, and that he's going to grow up, I hope, to to be a young man that um, doesn't uh, exploit the sexual differences between us. And I think that all of us hope for a place where we feel safe on a daily basis, to go to work, to walk the streets, to to live our lives without threat and fear. And that's not about what's gone on in America in general. I want a better place for women as we all do, um, but it starts at home. So for me, my job is about educating my son to make sure that that he understands the importance of, you know, women and, and uh, how you how look after us and not take advantage of us.
4: Wow Emma Hayes Chelsea boss they're talking about the news that we heard uh, this week Steph Young also with us from The Athletic this evening Uh, Steph we heard from Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe you know queens of the United States when it comes to football and when it comes to making a stance Um, how important has it been them coming forward and you know speaking up for these uh, abused victims as well I think
0: it's very important that Alex Morgan was willing to put her name on the initial reporting, because as uh, my colleague at The Athletic reported, she initially helped Monashim try to navigate the HR system and file a complaint and see what structural help she could get. And that is part of why NWSL actually has an anti-harassment policy now. And so it, you know, you want to say we should just be able to believe these women, but Alex Morgan has the stamp of, you know, the national team. She's a well-known figure. And the, the fact of the matter is Her lending her name to this is. She she has cultural cachet and she has some protection. So I think it it is an important part of the story.
4: Absolutely. And Steph, it's important to say as well that no matter who you are, it doesn't matter who you know in these circumstances. Um, If you're a woman in sport, if you're, you know, a young athlete, if you're getting put into, you know, after school clubs at such a young age and the people who are there supposed to be in charge of you and looking after you uh, are, you know, abusing you and maybe you're not even aware, you know, it's important to talk because you will be heard in this day and age.
0: I think so. Um, as you mentioned with the school age kids, that's really where it starts. we I'm not sure how it is in the UK, but in the US, we certainly have a culture of just listen to your coach, do what your coach says, don't speak up because you might be endangering your, your athletic career. And you know, parents to a certain extent also play into this because they might be afraid to endanger their child's sporting future or, or they're silenced by the club for, for wanting to speak up and seen as you know, an interfering parent. So it, it starts very young that we um, normalize this kind of behavior, these lower boundaries between players and coaches or staff. Hmm.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And just while we're on this conversation, just now as well, I think it's fair to say, you know, if you are a women's footballer, if you have had any experience of this, you don't you don't sit on that. You can talk to anybody. You will be heard. And I think what's important to take from this as well is that you can stop other young girls. You know, we want to see women's football grow in this country. We want to see it in America. We are starting to see that now, um, but you know, not at the hands of people who are who are taking advantage of of youngsters or any women, uh, for that matter. Um, and also, we've heard from Alex Morgan. She said. In this piece, the league was informed of these allegations multiple times and refused multiple times to investigate the allegations. The league must accept responsibility for a process that failed to protect its own players from this abuse. It's really strong stuff. We also had an open letter from Merritt Paulson. The majority owner of the Portland Thorns team and the Portland Timbers was released today and it said, I deeply regret our role in what was clearly a systematic failure across women's professional soccer. So it does seem, Steph, that action will be taken and any and any bad roots will be will be weeded out
0: I certainly hope so. You get the bad feeling sometimes that these important or like more powerful actors, they yeah. they all protect each other. And then US soccer, NWSL, Portland Thorns, FIFA, US Center for Safe Sport, they're all opening their own investigations. And so I'm hoping what they'll be able to do is, you know, put concerted attention on this instead of kind of just passing the buck around to who, who was responsible, who knew what, when, that sort of thing.
4: Yeah. And huge respect to Meg and, um and Katie Strang for breaking this story. But more importantly, to the victims, Sinead Farrelly and Manishim uh, who have uh, detailed what happened to them at the hands of uh, Paul Riley at the Portland Thorns and uh, here's hoping that is the end of that for all uh, women in sport, women in football wherever you are, you do not deserve it and if you're going through anything you have to speak up Uh, listen, Steph Young from The Athletic New York thank you so much for joining us this evening we appreciate it Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And thank you so much to our guests as well. We had uh, Lisa Evans, Beth Mead, and producer Flo. Flo, thank you so much. It was lovely doing my first one with you. Okay, she's finished. (laughs) Flo's clocked off already. Uh, This is Women's Football Weekly.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen